0: so before the recording dan you were telling me to grab
1: a cop's gun in case one confronted me you want to elaborate on that now that we're recording yeah it's simple because like why bring your own weapon when they come with one it's it's simple. when they when they lean in and go do you know how fast you're going uh you say <laughs> i'm gonna send you uh a thousand miles to hell right now and take their gun <laughs> As a reaction, I take his gun. Bonus action, turn off the safety. <laughs> now you will have to wait for your next round to shoot him. Uh so he's gonna he's gonna to get a swing on you.
0: Yeah, but it's unarmed damage. How much can he possibly do
1: through the window? That's difficult terrain. Uh what what uh, class level are you? You may only have like D4 health plus constitution. That's the thing about Dungeons and Dragons is it assumes people can take a lot of stabs and fireballs, right? It's not,
0: you wouldn't call it simulationist.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a real, um, it, it kind of breaks down both at lower and higher levels because it's like, okay, I could throw a house cat at you and you would die instantly if you're a level one commoner, or I guess a level zero commoner. Uh, conversely, I could get stabbed in the face with a knife 30 times as like a level 20 fighter and just keep walking. Yeah,
0: you have to suspend your disbelief. It's not supposed to be perfect. You're just trying to approximate a, a fantasy of the genre, you know, and that's what we're here to talk about is storytelling, world building art, you can tell we're we're serious writers who take our craft uh, very seriously. And that's why we started off with that very real conversation that we intend to carry out legally. I want to say that's admissible in, in court, your honor. <laughs> Oh uh, we
1: I don't think this would go well for us. <laughs> I, uh, Austin, you may have been to law school, but I don't know I don't know about that one, buddy. You don't wanna you don't wanna state your intention?
0: Your your uh, mens rea, your actus reus, so for so you fulfill all of the uh, the elements of the crime?
1: Uh, you know, I think I'm gonna go for the sovereign citizen tactic.
0: Ah, see? This is a high-level move. You've clearly classed into Libertarian. They can't arrest you unless the flag has the correct fringe.
1: You you know what? Here's what I do. Um, I I do still know some of the passwords for uh, a major city's uh, security system. Uh, yes yes this is what what i want on this podcast (laughs) uh so i just need to like sort of leverage that by the way did you know that like uh if you lose a ups or like a federal mail service uh mail key um you have to pay for the entire area that uses those locks to be rekeyed oh how much is that is that like the millions or like I I imagine it changes depending on your area, but I think some place like, I don't know, New York City, for example, uh, that would be (laughs) fucked. Yeah, I assume you have to have some kind of liability insurance for that.
0: Uh, I would say, speaking of me going to law school, you, you do have uh, insurance in case you do a big oopsie. <laughs> I think doctors also have big oopsie insurance. We mm. need that for podcasting. What if I accidentally uh, say uh, a cartoon everyone likes is mid and I get
1: in so <laughs> much trouble and everyone yells at me? I need insurance to cover that sort of situation. Uh, I believe that's called life insurance for your families for the end result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on the
0: cartoon. Oh boy. So what are we doing here? I haven't named this show hundred percent yet, but you know the name convention. It's a one syllable world word and then a second word ending in UNK. So we'll get there eventually. Dice funk, word funk, game crunk,
1: spewpunk, and this one here. A new one. Can I can I make a suggestion since this is sort of a, a interview style show with the dice funk crew? I absolutely insist you make a suggestion that is half of why you're here. Uh, uh,
0: crew funk or crunk. No, you're. well, I do like crew is the first one. Well, let's, let's, I like crew. Let's, let's work on that because we already done funk. I want to do a different second word. Uh, gunk crew <laughs> gunk that's
1: pretty good that sounds like a great pokemon as well i know I quinn th- will th- appreciate that, that the, yeah we we might have a sort of Pal world situation and i don't think we have <laughs> the six million sales to potentially dissuade uh, nintendo from taking action yeah let's do Pal world season they can't stop us uh my, my sneak at you has a glock <laughs> roll for initiative people would love that I'm a I'm a big Monster Tamer head. I think I've played literally every Monster Tamer game ever uh, put out at this point, except Palworld and the latest Pokemon's. Yeah, you sent me a screenshot of your Steam
0: library, and it was like, uh, you know, uh, Creature Buddy Seven. <laughs> I was like, wow, you're deep in the paint, huh?
1: Yeah, I've got a I've got particular special interests, and sadly, Pokemon doesn't even really fulfill them anymore. So <laughs> I, I've had to branch out into a weir- weirder uh, environs uh, over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely get there. I, I'm curious about some of that
0: stuff, but uh, to introduce what we're doing here, I am planning on doing a series of these type episodes released uh, roughly every arc. I think many then we can also talk about the arc that just finished, I think that'll be fun. Uh, when Quinn and I kind of were, were throwing this ball back and forth during episode zero of season 11, uh, we mentioned... Uh, the, the, like the talking dead after show of walking dead. I know other tabletop shows do something similar critical role I think has, oh, I can't remember whatever they name theirs. I haven't watched it to be completely honest, but I know they mm-hmm. have a similar idea. So that can be fun. Um, also I wanted to do something new with kind of the credits. Uh, I wanted to, with for the 10th anniversary of the show, can you believe dice funk has been around for almost 10 years? Uh, moving things around in Patreon. The credit show is a lot of fun, but I think uh, we've reached a point where it's time to shake that formula up. Everything I say tonight, completely open to suggestions and subject to change, but this is the pilot.
1: Yeah, you're going into tech bro
0: mode. You want to disrupt the industry. I really don't want to disrupt. I re- I want everything to be as stable as possible. All I want to do is pretend to be a goblin on the internet. But So you prefer
1: consistency is what you're saying versus new I w- ideas.
0: <laughs> I would fucking hate a new idea. You know I'm a consistency. Had. I'm consistency build. Uh that's gonna be awesome if you listen to the re- re- latest Spew punk where we went on for 45 of God's own minutes about a movie called Founder's Day. God, that's that episode. I think that's that's a hot fire episode. If you ever want to get it on Spew Punk, please, for a single dollar, listen to that.
1: Uh but yeah, so as you said, this is going to be a I guess an interview, a breakdown, uh a a dissection of I guess the characters show arcs etc. Um, there there is I don't have an itinerary or format. You just kind of messaged me and said, "Hey, do you want to do this?" So I'm kind of vamping. Feel free to interject at any time here. You do this is your brand, so uh, you may want to stop me before I say something you regret.
0: <laughs> Whoa! With the power of editing, I can stop any regretful statements. But I will say I chose you first. Because you seem to be uh, the inspiration for a lot of this with your upcoming season 13. You put a lot of work into the lore and setting, and I wanted to kind of build a ramp to getting to that point where we feel comfortable going deeper. And this is maybe even the first question uh, we have here, uh, like as far as... Uh, your involvement with the show, you, you know you came on somewhat recently, and we kind of threw you in the deep end. So uh, let's do the Joseph Tumbrello opening question. This is a sponsored question from patron Joseph Tembrello. Uh So how have you been finding dice funk so far compared to your uh, vast tabletop experience? I know you've played many other games uh, in many other styles, but podcasting is different than just sh- you you know shooting shit with your friends, eating Doritos.
1: Uh, yeah, um it's, I will say the, the biggest difference at its core is that I'm always hyper aware that there is a audience listening to this. Um, and I don't think it took me very long to adapt from, hey, what am I going to do because it's in character versus what is actually interesting for the audience to see? I still flub here and there. Um, but as you said, there it's also like I'm I'm not my my most of my experience is playing with other people and playing groups uh, with groups very different than Dice Funk. Uh, last season, season 10, uh, Buford did a little wacky, silly thing with a decapitated head. And in the moment, I wasn't even thinking about, oh, yeah, this could be something that um, <laughs> other that an audience might uh, <laughs> take umbrage with let's say uh, and that's just because I'm not used to being in groups where that would ever even be an issue or concern and then the moment you said it, I went oh no I've made a mistake uh, for like five months and then the episode came out and nobody cared
0: yeah you can never guess there's definitely been th- times where I was super worried about something and nobody cared like you said or there's other times where I was like you know, this is not a big deal. Let's we can all be adults here. And it was not uh, okay, and it was a serious big deal. So, mm-hmm. uh, even even ten years in, it's it's unpredictable. If they're if you could easily get, gauge the audience's uh, reaction, I would only do bangers. Obviously, you know, <laughs> well, why ever do something that isn't beloved? It's it's well, stupid. Well, you, not you to.
1: have to. Well, you got to give them some like build up. You gotta. You can't just always be nothing. You got to stroke for a little while too. <laughs> you got to edge before you goon. Okay, well,
0: that's our first r- gem of wisdom <laughs> tonight. You can't only come. You have to go on the journey there first. So, I'm glad we're all learning and growing. Um so, so the next question, this is going to be a Spirit Bear sponsored question. Uh what what brought you to Stranger, your season 11 character, your little pumpkin guy, because you are
1: also building your ramp you and I together into the pumpkin world. <laughs> Yeah, so part of it was me wanting to intentionally uh, build a ramp to that season thirteen a little bit. Um, I know we've sort of talked off air sometimes about oh wanting to do a little bit more world building. Um, so I figured I could get like a little bit back door in through Stranger. And also, I was just struggling to think of what do I do for a plant person. Ironically, I'm very built for your your underwater side of this. Uh, I obsessively watched nature documentaries when I was little. And every time you're throwing them a puzzle and I'm listening to the drink cut, I immediately know what little sneaky thing you have watched in a documentary <laughs> format uh, and what, what how it's going to kill them. Um, but plants, I, I struggle with. I don't go outside much. I'm afraid of nature and I'm allergic to most things. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I have pumpkin people in this part of the setting. That is technically a plant. And I can just kind of fold this in here. Uh, to the overall world. So then I built out a character that went, okay, we have a... um, uh, The the main driving plot point is that we have a way to bring people back to life. And uh, how do I incorporate... that. I'm very concerned for seasons 13. What happens <laughs> in this season and the next because of everything that happened in season 9 uh, greatly affects how I have to handle a plot because I'm not... I didn't listen to Dice Funk until season 9 when Quinn asked me if I wanted to... or not Quinn rather. Uh, you had asked me if I wanted to come in for the, the season and I don't... so I don't know everything about the setting so I now have to fully capture how we're How is the season I'm going to run going to interact with this entire world being built up to here? So I wanted to loop that in with a character from the potentially future season. Yeah, and you can never really be a hundred percent sure of anything until
0: you say it out loud. So there, you know, this is a constant thing. DMing is—you'll uh, think things are one way, and then someone will say something, and now they're a different way, and you just have to adapt. So it's—it's mm-hmm. it's pretty difficult. I'm not to whine about my job, and be like, "Oh, it's so hard to play pretend with my friends." But you know, you do have to keep a lot of stuff in your head all at once. So uh, you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty difficult, but also it's rewarding when you can when you can do it right. And uh, as we often say on the show you know you're always impressing us with your your inventiveness and your creativity
1: yeah I, I will say i think it is in a way a personal fault of mine um that the moment i will say something and i recognize that the like uh, quinn or you will go oh no i hadn't thought of that even if it isn't in character for my character to want to do it i now want to do that thing <laughs> because it was the it is the untraveled path <laughs> Yeah, this, we, I think a lot of us on this uh,
0: program have a sort of oppositional defiance disorder where, when you give us the uh, the open door and the pit of spikes. We're like, I'm going to jump in the pit of spikes. Fuck you. <laughs> Start trying to stop me. Just because uh, we weren't, uh, you know, cared for as children, I guess. <laughs> so we usually we, we, we have problems. Uh, I'm going to say next question from Bear Cloud Games. Uh, what have you so far uh, thought of this arc? Because we just finished the first arc. I guess you could call it the road. Roman arc that just ended, so just three episodes, but uh, uh, it was a kind of a m- mystery in a way, and I think you were the first person to solve it. So you feeling smug? You feeling uh, accomplished?
1: Uh, yeah, but I, I will say I'm constantly throwing out like uh, paranoid uh, schizophrenic theories all the time, so I will come up with 19 wrong ones before I land on the successful one. I did the moment um, Quinn brought out a bag of ashes, assume that this is probably going to be a fake out. Uh, But then that falls away as we go through the arc and then comes back in later on. Uh, I'm always happy when I solve a puzzle, but I really enjoyed the the ride getting to there. Um, I liked uh, uh, Captain Dolph, ripped to the Great One. Um, I guess technically he died however many years before, and then his memory coast then also died.
0: Yeah, I guess that's how that works. Uh, We have to kind of uh, think about things on several different levels uh, because there's like the, you know, reconstructed, you know, mind palaces, as they're calling them. And then there's like the real world and then there's the stuff happening underwater. So it's a bit of a complex season. That's kind of why, uh, as everyone's going to hear in Wet Team soon, I went with a really simple premise. There are no, I think there's one like named NPC I throw out in my first start because I'm just trying to keep it simple, stupid. Uh, for everyone, but uh, we did just finish recording the second arcs of both sides, and it, it, let me tell you, it's going some places. So things things are going to open up in a big way soon.
1: Yeah, and as someone who has listened to all of those arcs already, uh, they're they're great. Uh, I've loved every every episode of them so far. Um, I didn't expect those things to be inside of that thing, uh, which will make sense <laughs> when uh, you listen to it. But uh, yeah, that that did happen, and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great endorsement i do live in
0: fear that i'll bring someone onto to this interview show and i be like how are you like in the recent art Clara?" and she'll be like bit shit in it <laughs> sucked a big one huh <laughs> that would be devastating how would i live with that, that wasn't <laughs>
1: enough riddles yeah.
0: Oh, my God. They don't even know about the riddles yet. Uh, so <laughs> I should say, I don't know if we've clarified uh, the drink cut that you refer to is the unedited uh, files that uh, each side will listen to. Uh, not the stuff we release to the public uh, because I remove all the, the audio of people taking big drinks Why they're called that. And I think that's a running joke from Spewpunk, the bonus show.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, well now now it seems like everyone on the podcast is kind of adapted to doing this. Uh, originally, it was just a me thing. And then uh, covertly, I got uh, Sarah to start doing it uh, during season 10 when, I, when she was like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited for, to see the season finale in like three weeks. And I just messaged her, went, you know, you know, you could just listen to it now, right? All those files are there. You're in that uh, that Google Drive. I feel bad though because uh,
0: some of this stuff is just so much better after I fussed with it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about this, uh, just like how much editing affects things. Uh, you know, let's let's give this one to Zim. It's a Zim sponsored question. Uh, how surprised were you about uh, the amount of editing and the special effects and stuff I do, like filters and music? Because I would be so fucking embarrassed
1: if the if a drink cut got out. It's it's horrendous to me now. Uh, well, I think that might be more of a question for you, because I'm not hearing the editing uh, most of the time. Uh, I'll sk- I'll generally skim through an episode once it comes out, uh, just to see how you like handle hey, well, things. And I'm always impressed with it. I always think you do a good job, uh, particularly cutting around my stammering and stopping and starting reset. Uh, stop. I'm doing it right now. See, I'm fucking it up right now. You have to edit all this out. Uh, my ability to fuck up a sentence nine times in a row and then do a moderately okay take that is still a little bit scuffed. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'll leave that in so the audience can hear. That's the kind of thing I may fix. Uh, but like a lot of it is just someone saying like "hold on," and then like five, ten seconds of silence <laughs> as they, you know, uh, put their cat in another room or <laughs> flip through a book or something. And I, I just don't think that's particularly interesting. But um, uh, you all seem to, you know, live
1: through the drink cuts fine enough. I guess It's just—it's more the idea is mortifying to me. Mm. It, it does help that I can just look at the Audacity files and see, okay, no one is talking here. I can just kind of click ahead a little bit. I know that's fine. Yeah. I do like that
0: everyone is invested enough that they want to hear the episodes right away. You know, uh, something – I you know, I, lo- I know a lot of content creators, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of podcasters. And uh, a thing that kind of bothers me is when it seems like someone doesn't care about their own content because it's like how do you expect other people to care if you don't care? Um, not to call anybody out specifically, but you know, it, you see it here and there. And it's just like, if you're not going to listen to your own show, is it good enough to put out for other people? Yeah. Mr. Know. Beast, why don't you care? <laughs> you fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's very funny. I, I, here's a, this is an Austin question. But I'm going to say it's sponsored by Thane, T-H-E-Y-N. Uh, how do you feel about playing a druid on our show? So D and D fifth edition balanced for a certain kind of experience, but, you know, the classes interact interestingly with our format. For example, Warlocks, much uh, easier to play when you get a short rest every five seconds. <laughs> well, how are you feeling about Druid so far?
1: Uh, druid also kind of has that because I just get a free health bar from, uh, since I'm specifically playing a Moon Druid, which is all built around wild shape, it just means that anytime I get hurt, bam, I pop out another 60 hit points uh, by turning into a snake or whatever. Uh-huh. Um I, I've never actually played a druid before, up to up to this point, uh, in any version of D and D, and I think part of it is that they tend to get a little bit like typecast as what I would refer to as um, uh, the forest Amish, where they have kind <laughs> of they have kind of decided here is the specific point in nature that it that nature always should be, and it should never change from there ever again. Um, like how how would I put this? It hasn't super come up a lot, but the what I think about is like animals just go extinct sometimes. like uh, an earthquake reroutes a river and then and a species dies out. That happens like you have nature has to adapt to the world. You can't just try to keep everything in perfect stasis um but there there is like limits to that, right? You know? Like if I go out and cut down every tree in a forest, that's that's not really a natural event or something slowly shaping a species. That's uh that's that's just obliteration. Um so I'm trying to thread at least a little bit of a line there, uh, but it hasn't super come up. There's been a, a little bit with how a stranger doesn't care about uh like um uh a random cow getting eaten by three lions. Lions gotta eat too. Just circle of life. Yeah, definitely.
0: I I often try to subvert the kind of traditional class expectations. You know, like I played a barbarian last season and she wasn't like, you know, a blood drinking, you know, tattooed psychopath or anything. That's not not the brightest bulb in the shed or whatever, but not, not quite what the book expects. So, yeah, playing a druid is like not a crunchy hippie type definitely appeals to me. Uh, the thing I worry about sometimes is if I subvert every possible thing, then it suddenly, you know, it bears no resemblance <laughs> to the yeah. genre. Uh, that's, I worry sometimes. I don't know if I, that's too much. I mean, you have strong opinions about genre. So I'll say, uh, Morgan Johnston, uh, time for a question here. Uh, how do you feel about some of the, the world building? Where are you at, both in the current season and the stuff you're building, as far as like sticking to genre? I know, for example, you're a big fan of like the Warhammer 40K universe. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit, a bit, crueler do you do you feel hemmed in by like dice funk's you know
1: audience expectations of like fa- found family and big hugs <laughs> um i do not yes exactly um but it does change how i have to consider things like i have like i said before i'm aware that i'm going to be working on something specifically for an audience like uh, so i'm in a way trying to tailor at least some of that uh towards like you know the the people that'll be listening to it um like i think i originally sent uh you something when we were talking back and forth season 13 and you're like maybe that's a little bit too body horror um (laughs) yeah
0: we there were some fucked up things in the pumpkin chat folks i even i grossed myself out (laughs)
1: <laughs> Granted, you then I think later on came back to the same point and was like maybe I do this, um, <laughs> but uh, I then like kind of reeled some of that back a little bit. So I do I do feel like a need to um, uh, reroute a bit, uh, but that isn't also necessarily a bad thing because a lot of like I'm not a I'm not a writer. I'm an IT monkey, um, but uh, I've heard writers say that uh, restriction breeds like better stories. Whereas if you allow someone like a writer to get too self-indulgent and they'll do anything they want, you can get just absolute nonsense like OC stuff going on, um, which I desperately want to avoid because uh, it'll be, what, 13 years of the show by then? And I don't want to fuck it up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty
0: confident in in your abilities you've displayed so far, I think uh, also getting people's different perspectives is also really interesting. Like uh, Laura doesn't really DM very similar to Quinn. And I assume you I've seen your one shots at least. So I, I know you have also different tendencies and that's just interesting to me. Uh, even if I would do things differently, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, that was a very generous uh, amount of information for that 11 <laughs> on that history roll, but
1: I don't know, we'll see where it goes, so. Yeah, uh, like like something you'd said, uh, you brought up my uh, love of 40K. 40K is also a setting that can't even keep its own Genre really straight, um, but you did notice that it's uh, it is a very cruel setting. I would probably tend towards something like of a darker. Uh, you you've spoken about your love of Mortal Kombat fatalities. Uh, <laughs> I I in general like it. I will always put you know jokes and comedic uh, moments in settings, but I'm very willing to be like you're afraid to kill a pet. I will kill your pet if you bring it into combat in d and I'd say that's the real clear dividing line between the two of us
0: yeah I, I feel like I have no limits when it comes to human violence but I I, well, I try to make the art that I would like to see if that mm-hmm. makes sense and it's like it bums me out to see an animal getting hurt usually so it's just not something I like prioritize I'd like to say that nothing's off the table though like if, I, if it was like oh this is clearly the best choice like a co- only a coward <laughs> would, would avoid this then maybe I'll dip into something a little outside my normal comfort zone oh but I mean that's a good question so Copperhead with a silent E on the end so people know I'm not messing around. (laughs) RAR says I love doing this with the names. I I really thought that was you adding on a bit there. Nope, that's just the names. Um, what do you What do you think about comfort zones? I've been thinking about this season. We know we have uh, Lillian as a character who's like uh, an actor and like very mm. boisterous and like big, and uh, Sarah, by her own admission, uh, sometimes nervous. <laughs> you know, and I feel like it's very brave to go outside your comfort zone like that. Uh, are you someone who likes to challenge themselves, or are you just like, no, I'm a spooky little pumpkin man? This is perfect. This is easy.
1: Um, I I have a very specific comfort zone that I have a great difficulty leaving Uh, Maya, my girlfriend has dunked on me horrendously for this and it's that I don't play characters who fuck (laughs) well let's look at it you played
0: the lizard he didn't fuck you played he didn't fuck and stranger doesn't fuck it all checks out so far
1: (laughs) well maybe i'll get stranger to fuck we'll see how this 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 story (laughs) goes but there hasn't been an opportunity thus far i don't know i've never been particularly that that's like my i can play a, a variety of things i have the stuff i like right like little little weirdos tends to be my thing i think throg has been the most uh normal person thus far and i Uh, I do actually tend to play either weird or monstrous characters, more out there stuff, and then just a normal human with a class tied to it and some kind of, you know, sad or whatever backstory. Um, You and I have actually
0: talked about this a bit because uh, humans are somewhat rare (laughs) on Dice Funk, even more so when player characters. So I think you have made a lot of good points about. Uh, when everyone is weird no one's weird i don't know if you want to speak to that we can we can attribute this question to mo rainbow devil the actual devil's advocate <laughs> lucifer says new year new sins but uh what do you think about humans in DD? are have we entered a new era
1: where everyone is uh too too out there and therefore no one feels special i i think in like the, the zeitgeist of D&D itself kind of yes uh, i think baldurs gate actually avoids this for the most part um but in, like, the wider D&D community, as it's been kind of brought in, like, more people have been brought into it through stuff like Critical Role and, like, secondhand, um, like, sources and media, uh, people just see, like, oh, wow, a cool animal person, I want to play that. But then they don't really engage with, okay, what's, like, the story of these people or what makes them different or what, like informs them because if i'm for me personally if i'm playing a tiefling i probably want to loop something in related to that infernal ancestry or else why did i choose to play a tiefling what what makes them any different than a like a regular human with like a hair decoration and a tail and a a monochromatically pitch shifted skin Oh, okay, you're going team
0: tail. This is a hotly contested topic. Do tieflings have tails? (laughs) People uh,
1: have died for this very question uh i think in current t- i liked the 3.5 tiefling this is also my annoyance with with it's the coast of the company i feel like they've kind of homogenized their settings a little bit i like tieflings in 3.5 where you had a big table and it was like what what demonic trait do you have uh eyes all over your body spikes coming out of your skin uh you uh instead of sweat there's oil make it weird don't make it just like a red guy <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even the color of Tieflings—I feel like has changed dramatically over the
0: editions. They're they're now much more fantastical. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, uh, I think there's something to be said for playing your character in a context. This is a, this is like a much broader point that I've been thinking about recently. Uh, I'll actually loop in. Uh, this is a great name. <laughs> that's the name. I <laughs> it was not just a weird laugh. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Who says uh basically uh when you make a character in a vacuum, right, and then try to add them into a story. Does this sound mm. familiar, Quinn and I talking about has been hotel and spew punk? Uh <laughs> it could it can sometimes feel like why is anyone here? Why are they doing what they're doing? Um mm. it, it if, if you know the characters exist without context at first then you have to add it in later it can feel very strange this is honestly just a materialist like marxist lens to see the world right is that no one exists without uh context no one exists without their environment but mm-hmm. um i know a lot of people who make DD characters out that way they just they close their eyes and they see jeff the orc fighter and it's like they don't know where Jeff's from. They don't know, you know, who his parents were. They don't know what, what his material circumstances were. Uh, That—that's something I think about a lot.
1: Yeah, um, a- absolutely. That's the so everyone D D is at the end of the day a game, and if you're enjoying the game with your uh, your friends, then there's no problem. Um, it, that type of gameplay is generally not the type of stuff in settings uh, that I tend to like, or that my, the groups I've in the past tend to play with. Uh, because we're a bunch of uh, uh, lore head 40k crunch nerds who will uh, <clears throat> pick something obscure from Rogue Trader in 1985 uh, and then use that to, to build out our entire group from there. Um, it, it, I think it, it, it in like a, a private game, it can be a perfectly fun and justifiable way. And you can even find who that character is going on uh, like throughout the story like you you fill in some things from there but sometimes maybe that doesn't happen at all whatever as long as you're having fun that's fine but in like I guess a piece of media I'm trying to consume uh, that's like the last thing I would want to deal with because it's like well why I would end up disliking that character because I would have no idea why they're there and they would feel kind of like uh, like a nail sticking up on a board like it's very noticeable and it's like a very different vibe than the rest of them that's just me personally though Oh, yeah, I've often had a thought
0: along the lines of, why is your character here? If they don't want to be here, play someone who does want to be here, Yeah, you know, when listening to other podcasts or, you know, sometimes seeing in-person games. It's like, if you, you knew we were playing D&D, why did you make someone who doesn't want to be a D&D character? Uh, which is a kind of kind of mean, I guess, <laughs> but it, it, it can be frustrating. Um, let's see, a Lepidopteran sitting in the corner and humming tunelessly to comfort themselves. Uh, to comfort himself, Uh, basically sponsors my next question, which is what do you think about tailoring the game to the players? You you mentioned you have quote-unquote crunch nerds you play with. I think in earlier seasons of Dice Hunk, there would be uh, times when I would say something, oh, the lore of this god and this history, and uh, the players would hit, hit a fat blunt and be like, I'm not, I wasn't listening, (laughs) you know, and that I couldn't really do the kind of things I think you and I can do where you are paying close attention and, uh, you know, asking questions and be like, Oh, awesome. But if the river flows East, won't the silt deposit in the floodplain? (laughs) It's like, fuck now I have to think about that.
1: Yeah. What, what is the alluvium, uh, being done here? What materials can be gathered from it? Um, yeah. Uh, this will be the most I'm probably going to have to uh, like course correct a bit. Well, maybe maybe not. Quinn has been in my games before, uh, and uh, you will almost certainly be in my my group uh, as well, since you need to know what's going on in uh, the <laughs> season I'll be GMing. Uh, so it's really up to whoever whoever else will be in their group, how much I will need to, in turn, adjust for them. I would probably try to pick someone who I have to adjust the least for uh, to try to keep everyone on board together. Um It's, yeah, like like I said, these are very different groups than uh, what I'm used to. Uh, For example, I told uh, Sarah in an offline conversation when she was asking, like, oh, hey, do you have any, uh, like, uh, suggestions for how we uh, can roleplay maybe a little bit differently or better going forward? And I told her, look, I'm from groups where if I'm talking, my friends will just go, "Uh, shut up, idiot, and then throw a grenade at whatever NPC I was speaking to, (laughs) uh, because they've determined that they're a heretic or whatever, or... uh, Uh, we need to save these this person who's been kidnapped by killing them with a grenade um, so don't feel, feel free to scream me down or whatever um, really uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm coming out of a traumatic experience and I don't know how to deal with it <laughs> yeah you're like
0: uh, here's a charming story about my friend group everyone in the audience it sounds like you have <laughs> a fucked up friendship it sounds like you need therapy uh, so we were feeling too much about ourselves but also the opposite happens so like on the show we've had like player on player violence where the you know the players were in on it and they knew and it was fine that's what people wanted and i've seen offline games where uh, an argument like in character that should have been fun and silly it was like obvious bad real life vibes you know mm-hmm. uh and like that can suck like uh, we're we're I think you know we're all friends here to a certain extent some of us are uh, you know have histories going back 10 15 years or whatever some of us are just you know online friends but I don't think we we rare re- you know we rarely I would say have ever had anything that could be construed as like genuinely bad vibes on air I can't think of anything off the top of my
1: head Mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine part of that is, like you said, where it's a lot of like online relationships. I think some of the worst um, like knockdown argument scream fights I've seen between games are people that have been interacting way too much, way too regularly, <laughs> uh, who have allowed like some sort of disagreement or uh, bad vibes between them uh, to reach into said game. But uh we're we're all told so we got things to do during the day. So the the days of like uh where Quinn and I would play D and D for ten straight hours, uh, don't happen anymore. Yo,
0: wow, we were all so young once, huh? <laughs> Can you imagine playing for ten hours? We played for two hours. I was in high
1: school when you started Dice Funk. <laughs> oh my
0: lord. That's a whole other question, yeah. Uh this is this is Quill's question. Dan, how did you
1: get here? Why are you so small? <laughs> Uh well genetics is the answer to the second part of that. I you know I was supposed to be 66 Austin. Holy they shit. thought I was going to be that um because I was this tall in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: didn't even mean to make fun of your size there. That was uh what's the age gap here? I think uh Laura
1: and I or no Sketch is the oldest, right? I think Sketch is like late 30s and you're what mid 20s. I think he uh, turned he turned 40 this uh this last year. Uh yes, I am 27. Uh, it, it all started back in the day, uh, as, I, as with everything else I think you have indicated, uh, on Channel Awesome. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, I was watching media put out by uh, Quinn, Nick, that whole, that whole associated group. I then watched Quinn's uh, d d streams. Through there, I ended up getting, I don't even really under- remember what precipitated that. Uh, latching on like a Remora to her and uh, joining in some of the actual D&D games. And uh, the rest is history. Uh, Eventually, Quinn did uh, her Kill Frosty one-shot and from there I got into Shard Point, and from there I got into Dragon Quest, and here we are now. Oh my gosh, yeah. Quinn needs to stop befriending uh, fans of her content
0: because eventually we end up <laughs> muscling our way into her life in a big way. Uh, she she has to have a stronger <laughs> barrier there. She needs more boundaries. Uh, Elder dog with the next question for you. Uh, so we talked about the the setting. We talked about Stranger a little bit, but we didn't take it all the way back to the beginning. Where you know where did you start making this? this character like when i talked about hialeah in the first episode i said it started with like the tool proficiency is there something like that for you or is it just that you're just such a fan of pumpkins
1: which i know is also true um i think it so it it's hard to remember the inciting uh pieces at this point because it has been i'm gonna say like six seven months at this point oh my um uh, I, I I think I was looking at what other people were deciding to do class wise then, and I was going through the classes, going, "What's gonna be interesting here? And how do I shove a pumpkin into this? Uh, <laughs> how do I shove a pumpkin into this?" is a great way to approach every situation in life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and I think I ended up going over to my like uh, miniatures and like all the stuff I've painted, and I was like, "What what would I want to play? Which one of these would I want to play as a character?" Right. And then I looked at all these, like, animal monsters I had, all the art I've saved over the years that are, like, you know, a pumpkin spider, a pumpkin snake, et cetera, and was like, well, why don't I just play a druid that can turn into these so I can just always have a miniature that I can associate with it at any given time? Uh, and I think it just kind of went from there. And then as we were sort of deciding, like okay, what's everyone's uh, like, personality going to be like? What's their uh, general uh, stance on bringing someone back in general? Uh, that's when I started to go, okay, well, I guess I could be like the dissenting voice here. And then I sort of built uh, some uh, lore and concerns and plot points around that. Yeah, uh, this is gonna be a question sponsored by Sir Alistair. Octopus says form a
0: union. Uh, is there any more of that lore you want to reveal at this time? I know some of it needs to come up organically, but you obviously have a lot in mind. And I think at the halfway point of recording, you know, not release, but recording. Is there anything you're like, Oh, I can just I can just
1: let this cat out of the bag. It's fine. If people know uh, about the bone fields or whatever. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I think I there's a picture of a mega dungeon I wrote uh, years ago that I shared in that group chat with something called the bone fields on it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that must have stuck in my head. You were you were telling me about a lot of really cursed things you did, including the campaign that took place in a single giant dungeon. And mm-hmm. I did have, I think, a nightmare
1: or two about that. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that campaign never occurred, but I was in the process of, like, developing it. I love mega dungeons. That's just a I I think they're very difficult to actually play, play in. But I love the idea of just a massive book that just contains the entire setting. I'm a big setting guy. Um I guess a- as for lore that's it's difficult to say I have thoughts on everything this I you said I've been developing this for years at this point which is true but I think it's actually a little bit further than you realize I <laughs> this th- I'm adapting both like parts of a setting that I ran uh for a the recorded d d game Quinn was in years ago don't look it up it's terrible garbage don't uh <laughs> I was young then I, sure. I made many mistakes um and that was precipitated by a cool orc I fought in Shadow of Mordor.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you did mention that before. That That's so funny. Uh, but inspiration can come from the weirdest place. Uh, there's a character in the next dry arc that is just a joke from me and Quinn about a Magic the Gathering
1: YouTuber. No one else is <clears throat> going
0: to get it. That's fine. <laughs> but sometimes shit like that just
1: happens. Perfect. But, yeah, as for, um, I guess, lore to reveal, I, I don't know specifically because it's like – I, I again, I'm a big lore head, but I know like just saying things out of context isn't necessarily uh, interesting for people. Um, what I guess I can say is that I think in season thirteen, a big like undercurring, maybe not plot point, but reoccurring topic coming up is uh, how they these people don't really have like an economy or like a goods culture that resembles like hours in a way because he's a pumpkin person stranger for example uh he doesn't have to eat food so anything that they grow is just exports but what they care about are things like bodies um and limbs and uh resources of that nature because that can be used to grow uh different and more powerful people yeah, I'm really curious how
0: that shakes out and how much is going to be revealed here. Uh, you never know, you know, what, how you're going to change your mind on things as well. That's a curse I, I super have. Is that I'll be like, oh, this is definitely going to lead to this, and then you know, a, a day before it happens, I'm like, nope, thought of something else. <laughs> Throw all that in the fucking garbage. Uh, have you locked yourself into
1: anything now? Are you <laughs> have you have you gone too far? uh so i am always uh like like i said earlier i think restrictions are important so i'm trying to be hyper aware of my own um like how much is how much of this is an interesting choice versus me trying to just push something i think is cool that Uh. may not translate well into the story i have changed um a few of like who I think the quote unquote big bad of this is going to be, and of course, everything is fluid. Uh, you guys could just uh, accidentally kill this person within 10 minutes, and then I go, Oh, you know what? No, he was never the real villain all along, or whatever. Um, but I, I have definitely changed uh, what it's going to be uh, over time, and like I said, I do need to see how the Well of Resurrection shakes out. Is that going to still be a thing at the end of the season? I have no idea. And then uh, it hasn't really come up in this season, but I don't know. And you can cut this out potentially if you don't want it in here. uh, But season uh, 12 is going to potentially involve the ramifications of Gladys's actions with duplicating God items, which is also information I will need to determine how this story goes.
0: Yeah, no, I'm gonna leave that in because I mean that that's kind of the premise of season twelve is the Dragon Quest stuff from season nine, you know. But you also don't need to know that. Oh, that that, that's a great question. Uh, This we'll say this one sponsored by Kitty, the cursed existence of financial instability foe. Uh, How does it feel not having listened to? you know, a bunch of the seasons and having to kind of play in the space. Because I know some people uh, have said like, oh, all the seasons are supposed to be self-contained. And yet, you know, you mention, uh, you know, the stuff from like season nine. And I I think you players like you and Leon, who have huge uh, blind spots, but still play in the space, I think are
1: uh, speak to the method we're using. But I'm also open to, you know, feedback. I think playing is actually not, not a difficulty here um it's uh, honestly i think the biggest difficulty for me is the fact that i have been in the discord seeing people talk about like how this is connected to previous seasons and i'll see things like uh the words conduit or martyr thrown out and i'm going i don't really understand what this is or like there'll be references to events in the timeline and i'll go okay so I I think there are no gods. Ergo, I can't include anything related to that specifically. Although some stuff that's happened now in this current season uh, allows me to play with that sort of vibe anyway.
0: Yeah, I... The audience is about to meet a paladin <laughs> in, in a couple days as of this recording. So uh, a lot of things are still possible. But uh, I mean, playing with a Discord is uh, such a, a valuable uh, a resource and such a terrible psychic burden. Uh, let's say sponsored by Extellaris. Here's the question. Uh, how has your mental health uh, dealt with everyone uh, commenting on every decision you make?
1: Uh oh, Fine. Fine, really. Um, I, I, <laughs> Ripped your grandma, but I'm built different. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I I, will say I did see, I think, one negative comment on Twitter at one point. That was like, you fuck, you completely misunderstood the situation. Um, but then I realized, oh, that's not healthy. I decided to simply stop. <laughs>
0: Well, you have you're stronger than I am because I've definitely no matter how terrible the feedback, how completely uh, off base, I'm like, damn. If they thought it
1: though, I must have done something wrong. <laughs> I will say I do. I, I've talked to some other people of the group about this. I do want them to be able to give out negative feedback. I'm uh, honestly considering leaving the Discord during thirteen uh, just so people don't feel like you know, pressure to uh, to sugarcoat their thoughts because I want them to be able to go, man, I don't I don't like this character, uh, Grimbus Guttles, at all. Uh, fuck him. <laughs> uh, oh my God, Grimbus Grumbles Army. I'm shot number one Grimble Grumbles stan. <laughs> I will defend you. I've studied the blade. I'm I'm no perfect writer. I have my my own faults and uh, things that uh, people will obviously uh, like take umbrage or uh, dislike. I know I have a very probably very different vibe and taste than a lot of the people that have been on Dice Funk to, up to this point, and people should absolutely feel free to be like, "Man, this shit this shit's whack." When's uh When's Austin's side coming in? Yeah, I mean, here here's another question.
0: Uh, sponsored by It's a New Year, so concept is conceptualizing new concept puns. Uh, what have you found? Like, is the biggest difference in your taste versus other people something that comes to mind immediately for me was when uh Mari and I had an argument about isekai <laughs> the anime genre on air because I, I you know I obviously acknowledge that there are good examples of every genre but I find it such a crutch for bad writing that I just was like you know I'm just not open to that on the show which on, you could argue is really close-minded <laughs> so I'm, I'm open to you saying like you know
1: Austin here, you're, here's where you're wrong about a genre or, or an approach mm-hmm Um, I don't know. I go back and forth on stuff like found family media a lot. And I think it's more that the more, if I see like a ton of something, I do have an inherent contrarian streak, uh, but just as found family comes up a lot, mostly because I see people, I have personally seen people have their, their found family and that family sucks dick. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) damn spicy take. I, I guess my, my stance tends to be, I have a more, um, I guess, uh, cynical or depressing view of people. I don't think people are even to like, espouse or believe in things that we consider good. Uh, when push comes to shove, uh, always actually follow those beliefs more often than not, I think, uh, we're animals just trying to survive. Uh, and at, at the end of the day, um, a, a lot of, like, oh, this is so nice, cutesy stuff just doesn't sit with me and I still like it. <laughs> Unless I'm specifically looking for that, I guess.
0: Yeah, Quinn and I are reading Cormac McCarthy for Spewpunk right now. This is the bonus show I've mentioned a couple of times. Um, and one of my favorite writers of all time, and a lot of his work is just we, we're just apes covered in blood and shit, mm-hmm. and we're just like sprinting towards the grave, uh, just fucking everything in our path. And it's like I can't really do that for our particular audience, but I do have that. I have that dog in me. I have access to that dog if if
1: if something calls for it. Yeah. But, um, I think I think a good example, again, just going back to stuff I'm the most familiar with is 40K, because in the the 40K that we see in like the setting right now is after 10,000 years of neglect and not being managed by the, you know, the God Emperor of mankind. It is not what he wanted. Right. The inciting event is the universe is so fucked up. I am going to try everything I can to fix it. And that's not going to be a nice process. Like the, the comparison I make is that the emperor would love Star Trek. He wants his world to be in that setting, but that is not the setting he's in. And I like when people have to go, what is what fucked up choice am I going to make to try to achieve what is ostensibly a good goal? And how far are you willing to go to do that? Like how, where, where do your morals lie? Do you care about what you do? If it's, um, if the if are you going to pick the good thing to do even if the effects are worse or Are you going to do the bad thing to try to get a better outcome?
0: Yeah, I'm a very similar mind to you there. That's my favorite thing about these kind of choice-based games is, you know, asking people questions and then pushing them on them (laughs) as like, oh, what about if this happens? What about this circumstance, this consequence? Um, And I see a lot of people's approach to D&D or other tabletop games, which is fine. It's just like I want the numbers to go up or down, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is fine. Um, I will say next question sponsored by Eardrum Espresso. Are there other games you would want to play for Dice Funk? I know you and I have talked about this off off mic before, but, you know, D&D isn't necessarily the most conducive to what we're doing. And
1: I know you have uh, strong feelings about other games. Yeah, I honestly think World of Darkness would be a pretty good fit um, for, for Dice Funk. It's not like incredibly rules crunching. It's more about, you know, storytelling. Um, and I th- I think just mechanically and like stylistically, it works very well. Um, I I would love to do a 40K season or like a really I think a rogue trader season would be better. But I think it's so it's so different than what uh what the general seasons are of this show are that it, it would be it would be it would be like the demon core melting melting People's skin <laughs> off at that point. I mean, I'd be curious,
0: maybe we do a mini campaign or something. I think uh, I've spoken with Conrad about World of Darkness
1: or Vampire the Masquerade. Are those the same? Is that a Venn diagram? Uh, World of Darkness is like the overall setting and then Masquerade is like a like a, a sub game in it. You got, you know, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, Changeling the Dreaming, I think, uh, Mage of the Ascension, etc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, i've also recorded something recently with conrad that
0: hasn't been released yet so i'm excited about that it's a little tease for you if you've made it this far uh next question sponsored by c a little Um, i didn't
1: have one i just hoping i'd get there when i got there you know that's how it is sometimes yeah, let me let me ask you what what settings would you like to do? Like if so, everything in Dice Funk has been in a um like a, your own built up setting, right? If you had to pick a, a different setting to transplant in, be it like a standard DnD setting, like Dark Sun or what have you, or a different you know game system setting, what would you do? Oh, wow.
0: That's interesting because, yeah, we started in kind of canon normal D&D, and my idea was to kind of pick it apart (laughs) season by season without killing or ruining all the tropes and stuff, partially for my own amusement and also because I don't know how much I can expect – listeners or players to be familiar with it like maybe they know you know tiamat but i can't expect them to know like every obscure little thing so uh, moving from dnd was kind of deliberate but i never had an endpoint point i was moving to mm-hmm. um maybe this was the wrong approach i don't who knows but what i kind of settled on was trying to let the players decide so in earlier seasons i'd be like here are the factions they're fighting for these different worlds who do you side with and it was just the players I happen to have, you know, were mostly just like, I don't know, I'm scared. <laughs> please don't yell at me. Uh, as opposed to you, where you're like, let me get my uh, PowerPoint out. Here's my dossier. If you'll uh, turn to, you know, page c-, c, subsection 42, you'll, you know, here's my breakdown. So I, I guess my approach so far has been trying to let the players create the world, culminating in season nine when I literally was just like, liter- I was just like, please create the world. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not implying it anymore. But if I if I had to start all over i mean i think some of our most fertile creativity has been in the sci-fi seasons i don't know if we all like sci-fi more or something but like that might be a good starting point because it feels like we are all passionate about that
1: more than we are about like pretty standard sword and sorcery so no no, like specific setting you'd want to you want to play in the space of then just just general like sci-fi type stuff
0: I'm thinking so if I like if we're talking about D&D obviously Planescape is my favorite cuz I like the afterlife stuff, I like the mythology stuff. If we're talking about like other licenses outside of D&D like you know I'm a big Dark Souls fan, <laughs> something like that, that'd be harder
1: to you, get like Yeah, you can play with the the horrible Dark Souls uh I think D&D splat which isn't even written correctly.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to, there's a game I played uh, with my old roommate, Noah, it was called Kingdom
1: Death, have you ever heard of that? Yes, uh, I've seen many of the miniatures.
0: Yeah, they're really cool looking, but my my experience with that game was no role playing, only combat, which is fine, that's not like, you know, that's nothing wrong with that, but it's not really what I want out of, you know, the experience, but uh, like the aesthetics of that and you know visual aesthetics are hard to translate into the audio only format but like yeah horror is kind of one of my favorite things i'm really big into like fu- like you said fucked up uh, fatality compilations so <laughs> it, it's i don't know it, it's difficult because you can't show someone the monster but there are a lot of horror podcasts that's an entire genre and I think, you know, I, I think that's also something I'm interested in is, is trying to scare people. I also like making people cry and laugh. But as long <laughs> as I'm getting some reaction, I want you to feel something from the podcast.
1: <laughs> you, you, want, you want a reaction. It doesn't matter necessarily what that reaction is.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I think I want my art to touch you. And I, I try it in a couple of different ways. But at the end of the day, as long as something works, it's not like I'm <laughs> I'm... Uh, Super hyper-focused on only doing one, but horror is something that has only been lightly touched on here and there because it's hard to Maintain with the mostly
1: jokey (laughs) kind of vibe of the show I I will say that is that is actually something I've been uh, thinking a lot about for season 13 How how much do I want to go into horror in the actual season itself uh, versus the the more jokey stuff like how do i want to treat npcs like is there uh going to be uh for example like a, a town just full of these people how do they interact with each other how threatening are they going to be off the bat like are you gonna are you gonna meet mr babadook and he's uh, running the general store what <laughs> am i exactly doing here that's something i spent a lot of time thinking about
0: yeah, it's hard to know because I think even if you settle on an answer, uh, you never know when Quinn's going to come in and be like, and I, I grabbed the Baba Duke by the nipple. <laughs> and then it's like, well, uh, okay, well, I guess that's kind of disarming my whole thing unless I re- respond very violently or something. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I never know what to do about that. So good luck, I guess.
1: Well, I think apparently the answer is call her a bad girl. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, I can't believe how much this has wormed its way into every program. <laughs> you you really need to be up to date on Quinn's on whole vibe in order to enjoy
1: the program. Yeah, her newest special interest.
0: Yeah. I mean we all we all have something going on. Uh Christman slept through the last three months. What year is it? Uh, This is a question inspired by the sound of my own voice rigging my ears. How has the speed of the show been hitting you? Um, Podcasting is something where people get bored really easily. (laughs) They turn it off if there's any dead air. I literally just saw on Podbean what I used to upload the MP3s. It's like, hey, we can use AI to take out the dead air. First of all, I was like, fuck you, eat my ass. Second of all, uh, (laughs) I I make you all sprint for two hours when you're on my show. There's no time to breathe. There's no time to think. You can hear how
1: fast I'm talking. Uh, am I killing you? Uh, no. In fact, honestly, uh, I'm always looking at the clock, going, "Oh no, it's end- it's going to be ending soon. I have to move this along, uh-huh. or I want to get to the. the, the, the I think I, I I kind of fucked up in one of the uh, recent um, uh, seasons, where uh, or not seasons episodes, where I looked at the clock and went, "Oh, it's like uh 830. Uh, I think we have to like get to the, this next plot point. Right. So I kind of cut, I was like, okay, I think that's enough for this conversation. Let's get to like the vibe check and get in there. And then Quinn was like, all right, that's the end of the episode. I went, oh no, I, I, I could have played around more. Yeah. 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 I know
0: exactly what you mean too. Cause I, I had the same thought. Uh, that's, that's something It's really hard to do because, uh, I don't want our audience to get bored, but I also want our players to be able to do everything they want to do. I mean, you've done a full season now with Buford. Uh, did you feel like you got everything done there at the end of the day? Was that like, okay, I hit all the points.
1: Uh, I think there's stuff that, uh, could have been touched on more. I'm very, very much like, uh, My my urge is always to editorialize, right? Where I go, oh, I could have said this way better uh, as like now that I've had time to think about it uh, more. Like I probably would have done one or two things different with the uh, the epilogue. I think I referenced it um, when somebody asked me in the Discord, uh, like, oh, would uh, Buford visit CC because he might be functionally immortal? And I went, oh, I think honestly he would have probably been forced to Sisyphean like build the Dyson sphere. Uh, for the rest of his however long life Uh, which is something I would have liked to say on air um, that I think like I don't for example I don't think people really gets a happy ending no matter what I don't think he's capable of it I think he's too broken of a character Um, and I think he would have been happy for a time being once he got out of jail and saw his family but if he's outliving them what happens when they die he probably just goes back to, to being a bad person wow
0: yeah, it, it's hard. I guess uh, let's say this is the next question: Nefastusidia, the queer sheep. Oh shit! Wait, it's not Twitter. Is is this not Twitter? Um, do you think that the double DM season uh, is like gives you an interesting like contrast to the, like the other side, or do you find it like oh, there's not enough episodes? Because I'm trying to find the balance right now, and we don't know how long season eleven is going to go. Like, if do both Quinn and I get four arcs, five arcs, we don't know if the you know the people are going to team up if they're going to be enemies um do you <laughs> are you looking forward to next season when it's
1: going to be just one dm how are you feeling about this whole experiment so far um i do i do think it's interesting uh it it does the like the the biggest difficulty with it is like you said it um it cuts down on the amount of like episodes per character right so you do kind of have to m- make sure you're hitting those those plot points um, I don't think it's really been an issue so far, but I know in season 10, uh, it did at times feel like, oh, we're not really interacting with NPCs we see regularly. Because we would leave the base and go out on a mission. Um, and then uh we would come back to the the Resubian, and we're not necessarily seeing any of those NPCs we saw on that that uh uh, mission again during any of our uh, future arts. That's not exactly happening here, though, because we're all centralized around uh, the gig and the, well, you'll <laughs> the audience will learn where your the the wet group is. Uh, Uh, centralized around so that issue is assuaged i like it um i would also like to be in like a you know a a regular uh season to see how that plays out for dice one because i haven't actually experienced that since i was only in um dragon quest and that was sort of very condensed short uh plot line
0: yeah uh and on, on a similar note uh this is sponsored by marine science guy um it, how, what do you think about dice funks approach to npcs where it's kind of like every uh character you speak to is a special unique uh special birthday boy with like a backstory and fan art and stuff as opposed to at least when i've played in home games or whatever it's like yeah this is Boblin the goblin uh he has a sword for you you'll never see him again don't worry about it or you know here, here's 15 people in a room uh they're all humans uh they're named you know Jefferson <laughs> like it's just like there's a different like amount of attention and preciousness where it's like we need another scene with that flump or I'm going to die
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it but I think it's also a um, a result of the like kind of condensed nature of the show because it's like it's, it's not like we're ever going oh let's you know go to like uh, the blacksmith and pick something up and then you meet the blacksmith whose name is um Barry, and then the the has <laughs> yeah. to come up with something on the spot, and maybe Barry becomes a beloved character because of whatever improv he had to come up with. Um, I, I I have thought about this for season thirteen. I kind of want a little bit of that improv there, but I do also uh, obsessively write characters for every scenario I might need. So I I I literally have a character to explain the interior decorations of this fucking setting oh my gosh
0: yeah i mean you joke about barry obviously that's literally what happened last season it was barry was improv and then became a character in my first wet arc uh there are there weren't any named npcs going in the, like a uh, thing i was like uh, is you know quinn just introduced you know like five people Mar- uh mox and uh the roman and harper and i was like okay we're gonna have no we're gonna have no named npcs in mind and then i think just i was having a background characters talk and they just like set a name as part of a joke and then that person has to show up now you know so it's just like it gets away from you um and that's good those usually turn out to be beloved (laughs) so if it was maybe one thing if anytime i did that the audience was like you know fuck off we don't give a shit about this guy you clearly didn't craft
1: him lovingly (laughs) that would be that would be a different situation Mm -hmm. I, I will say that's the interesting part in like watching Discord uh react to the show. How they'll like they'll latch on to something that has been in the, the show for maybe like five seconds and then it expands out uh in the, the quote unquote fandom, I guess, uh in their reaction to it. Or they'll like I I guess going back to the amount of conduit talk I saw for season 10 where people were theorizing or going, Where is this on the timeline? And we are six months ahead, and I'm going, Nah, none of that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, p- certain people
0: want those stuff, that stuff to come back, and it's not that I'm, I'm against it necessarily. It's just, uh, you know, waiting for the right time uh, and the right crew of people who want to do it or are interested. No, like no one has come to me in the last couple of seasons and said, "Can I do a conduit?" And that to me is a pretty clear signal that we're not ready for that yet. Can I do a conduit, Austin? <laughs> yeah in fact now stranger needs one for the next arc i hope you're ready okay.
1: I, for, if i understand what a conduit is i think i'm the last kind of player you want me to give a conduit to uh, never give me power over something a, a, a use like that i will i will crowbar into every possible use case
0: <laughs> it's funny because I was kind of thinking that this show would be like a series of interviews about the players and their characters. Maybe we'll go back and do, you know, earlier seasons or we'll talk about Frog or something. But that mm. feels like something people are definitely going to ask, which is, you know, what would strangers' conduit be? And if if you're new to the show, conduits are just like a single word that your character kind of represents and has some kind of power over or with. It, it's, it varies because it's a very um, open ended kind of thing. But it, like, I'd imagine if your character was, you know, a superhero what would their power be? Or if they were like a JoJo character, what would their stand be? And
1: I've basically let people have whatever they want. I was going to say, uh, while, while we were talking about Conduits, uh, that a Mutants and Masterminds or Superhero season might also be an interesting uh, thing to touch on in the future. I'm sure you have it in your nine 9,000-entry uh, 9, <laughs> Google Doc of future seasons uh, at some point. Um, I I wouldn't really, I guess, know for Stranger. I had an idea for like what, I guess, Throgs would be. Uh, or I guess maybe that was a martyr. I don't know. They're all very confusing to me. Um, yeah, martyr for for fans is like a kind of a plot twist in a, a season where it's
0: like a variation on that. It's you know it it's it's very similar.
1: Uh, maybe maybe growth is probably the 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 one word summary you could put there because I it's he grew out of something. He grows other things. He grows himself into other uh, uh, forms and things like that. It'd probably be the. The closest thing i could think about off the top of my head yeah it's a pretty good one i could definitely see you know narrative and
0: mechanical ideas coming out of that i'm, I'm sure we're gonna get there um we could even ask faith and valor wants to thank all the creators here you bring me joy thank you for that uh do you have any other ideas either for characters or you know settings or seasons coming up because we have pretty clearly locked down dragons and pumpkins but you know uh, do
1: you also have a list i have a big list Uh, characters in general, yes. Uh, I desperately have wanted to play a clown on Dice Funk. Um, Oh my god. (laughs) Before, before the clowns of season 10, or... Before the Clowns of Season 10. So originally, way in the past, um, Joe was kind of going around your back a little bit, going, hey, you want to play in Season 9? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then Season 9 came out, and I was not in it. So I was like, oh, I guess that didn't happen. Um, (laughs) I mean, we were always talking about getting you on different projects. That's an ongoing conversation. Uh, but I, I wanted to play like a lawful neutral clown with no sense of humor, but great (laughs) violently adheres to the laws of comedy. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh. That seems like a
0: that seems like a difficult thing to hold yourself to, because you're having to juggle your character sheet, the ongoing story, and then also this entire other art. That's a that's a lot. That's a hard mm-hmm. that's
1: hard mode. Um, as for as for settings and stuff like it, uh, I I do have like my own you know personal settings that I think would be fun. I had um when I brought up World of Darkness, I ran a short powered by Apocalypse uh, like uh, cryptid uh, focused game. I think it was called Monster of the Week. Uh, where I was like, okay, you're on a fictional, like, island off the coast of New Jersey, um, that has, like, cryptid, uh, like, implications there, you know, your are fishmen, you et cetera, called, uh, Crescent Cove, and you're all, like, local people that gets embroiled in this, uh, like, the conspiracies going on there. I think that, like, something locked down and small like that can be fun, set in, like, kind of a real-world-type setting. Uh, I love goblins. I have a lot of goblins. I think a goblin season could be fun. Um, more be- maybe more specifically something focused on like the underdogs of D&D, you know, the mm-hmm. like the, the people that are getting stepped on in the uh, level one before you go on to fight um, Gorgak the Destroyer or whatever. <laughs> I
0: literally did have that as an idea. I, I, it's kind of on the back burner because I was um, cannibalizing some of the ideas for a different season. But yeah, in all level one, like minion season. Um, maybe we can even fold this into the question, Brent, still every episode of dice funk goatly. What do you think about villain seasons or evil campaigns as it were? Because that, that minion idea I had was more, mostly slapstick comedy, right? These are like goofs. They're not, they're not doing genocide or slavery, but you know, (laughs) do you have any interest in like
1: an actual evil campaign or only comedically evil? I think it can be difficult to really do a villain campaign. Um, Especially if, if they're, if everyone's goals align in like the party, I think it can work. If they are potentially like, there's inter-party conflict that can move from like, oh, I love these bad bitches to, man, all these guys kind of suck and they hate each other. Um, I I would say... In a way, kind of like if you play, like again, bringing back 40k rogue trader, that in a way is kind of a villain campaign because you are like rich people, uh, with a ship where that is crewed by your slaves, um, doing only things to benefit yourself and get like you know profit and stuff. So, in a way, you're that's kind of like a pseudo villain there, uh, but that's just part and parcel for 40k. So, that that's the kind of stuff I'm like, yeah, this is fine, um, and I, I can enjoy it. But I'm not sure necessarily how an audience would react. But that's also not really a full, like, okay, we're going to bring out the end of the world or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't cracked it quite, the how the, how to make
0: it uh, engaging without, like, basically pulling your punch, you know, where it's like, oh, we're villains. What do we want to do? Uh, you know, stop a worse villain? But that's, like I guess, the Suicide Squad answer, right? Yeah. Is to, is to actually make them heroes, which it's fine. I liked the James Gunn Suicide Squad, but I don't know if, it's, if that's worth, you know, putting our own spin on if we're just kind of going through the motions there. What um, if it's a
1: found villain family?
0: <laughs> like
1: they they they're truly evil. They are only out for themselves, but man, they love each other. Like you, you know, like oh hey hey, Grommash, uh, you you having problems like torturing these these innocent people to get information? Let me let me give you a hand here. Let me let me help you out. Uh, we can do it. I mean, uh, Grommash, you gotta put your and- hips into the swing.
0: Gorbo Gutter Slump and what was it Ground Blacks the Destroyer? I think we're building up quite a rogues gallery here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that actually reminds me. Uh, level eight cleric Caroline just swaddles herself in the quilt biome for a while. Blessings from the god of coziness to you all. Really, to using the whole word count there. Congratulations. Um, what do you think about writing villains? This is something that uh, really torments me personally. And you're doing this, you know, spooky pumpkin season. Do you have a hard time getting into character as like a villain? person and like you know defending their unreasonable position that's kind of the hardest part of the show for me
1: um not massively because it it can it depends on like what you're writing right because you can you can absolutely just write a guy that's like oh i hate the world and want to destroy them and in that case it's like well they don't need to defend their position they don't care what you think um or if you're, it also can be a case of like, if you're writing a villain who is very old and has been doing something for a long time, you can, sure, you can try to convince them and maybe depending on how it goes, you you could, depending if it's like narratively satisfying. But they could also be like, I've been doing this for a thousand years. You're not going to, you're not going to stray me from your path because you, you know, rolled high and said, but I'm, but I'm a little guy. Well, <laughs> little guys get crushed all the time. I've been doing it for decades. I kind of did that with Yaush, where uh, in season 10, where everyone's like, you're playing stupid, you're
0: stupid. And I was like, oh, you convinced me, I'll give it up. Nah, psych, idiot. And then he kind
1: of did. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say, I in th- this is also me rea- trying to react to how di- like Dice Funk is a different game than I used to. I thought that's what you wanted.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you wanted me to talk him out of his plans? Yeah, I thought this was like... Because I'm, I'm trying to uh, realign myself from the the much more we are just going to kill him plans of my, my old D&D groups going, okay, everyone here has the potential... Like, there is nothing ontologically evil about these people. Ergo, I'm going to try to convince them. I mean, yeah,
0: I, I the thing I try to say is that I, there isn't a thing I want. You know, I don't go into a session uh, hoping you all go down my path because there isn't a path. Um, and at this point... The, the show has become so much about uh, talking pe- with people and being reasonable that I think it actually would be more exciting if you were just like, actually, fuck this guy and his whole family and his whole bloodline. Uh, it would be intense. But that at this point, that would be the subversion in a way. All right.
1: Got it. I'm going to start killing people.
0: <laughs> I mean I kind of like that about Buford I mean uh, the, the torture and stuff like you were you were goal driven you were on your way to stuff mm-hmm. um, something I'm hoping to dig into with these interviews is like writing advice and writing styles you know there's, there's not only one way to do things but a lot of my personal approach is you want your character to have a goal and be taking steps to accomplish that it sounds obvious and simple but you'd be surprised how many people are it's like okay what does Gronk the fighter want and you're like I don't know I don't know I'll just roll dice and I mean that's fine I guess for some games but
1: I think you should know what your guy wants yeah and that's also like I guess part of the the problem when uh, I think we're touching on it before why is uh why is this character here uh if they don't have a goal or something in mind I I did thread the needle a bit on Buford where he didn't have a specific goal but he had something to keep him here there and on task which meant that whatever you put in front of him he was going to try to do it (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I think everyone's about to meet Laura's character who I'm very excited about who uh, on paper I would say doesn't have a specific goal in a way that I you know if I was in a creative writing class I'd be like, "Hmm, what does your character want?" But like it's not even necessary because her character is so passionate about other like just
1: things generally that it totally works. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm excited to talk to her about that in the future sometime because I guess it's I guess it's more that like your character has to care about things in this in the the show or the setting to make them feel like they're a part
0: of it yeah do they have to care or why should i care it's the simplest way to summarize that one but uh yeah i mean this has been a lot of fun so we're we're over an hour here which is what i was thinking about for the length of these interviews but um i am curious how what people think they like this format if there's anything i could change uh you know um, i'm still hoping uh to to tool the format to to improve it and stuff but this is kind of what i was thinking and uh, i want these to come out mainly once a month you know at the end of the arcs Uh, i will say the, the the schedule for dice funk is written in stone every sunday until the earth explodes um and, and spewpunk is whenever i can corner quinn and <laughs> she can't escape but that this one is like r- roughly monthly end of arc stuff but uh is there anything else you wanted to hit while we we're here because uh you know you can always come back just if there's more things that revealed about stranger and you're like i'm
1: finally just ready to discuss his seeds <laughs> who i've been waiting so long Do, you're joking but i have thought about things related to that because i needed to understand <laughs> how they're by- i referenced it in the latest episode that the the player people will be hearing in I don't know, three months, something like that. Something like that. Uh, but I, I, I've i spent way too... I researched how long it takes someone to grow one of those thousand-pound pumpkins. Um, I guess uh, the one thing I would ask, I guess, to the audience, um, as we will approach season 13, uh, you referenced wanting to do, like, a more in-depth discussion of the setting. What do people want to specifically know about the setting like are there questions you might have about it that you'd want answered with just at a basic level because i can write up everything about oh here are the the factions the groups or whatever but i'm not going to be able to think of every single question uh the what is it the george r. r martin joke of what was uh what was the king of gondor's tax policy something like that i'm not going <laughs> to be able to hit, i'm not going to think of every possible um question to answer of course.
0: Yeah. I mean, my my current plan and everything is subject to change. I feel like I don't need to say that every time. It's just it's just the ass covering (laughs) reflex I have. But the the current plan is uh, episode zero for seasons 12 and 13, where we'll discuss Dragon World and Pumpkin World more because I have those more fleshed out Uh, and you have yours more fleshed out, obviously. So uh, as you'll both have a better idea and we'll have more questions as we get closer to there, hopefully um and if people like them we should do them for later seasons you know fourteen, fifteen. uh if people think that sucks it's a waste of everyone's time <laughs> we also aren't obligated we can always we can always uh jettison that
1: one it that's the power of the internet so austin are you ready to commit to any any future seasons here we've we've got pumpkin season we've got the underwater and uh, plant season here when's when's uh underground season when's the dirt boys coming up the the dirty boys um i did have an idea for a subterranean season because
0: i i do love mushrooms uh and and i was thinking about stuff like that but we did touch on that in season four because that was a economic metaphor it's the literally the underclass live underground not not the most uh, revolutionary idea you know but i'm gonna um, say here folks capitalism is not the enemy in season 13 it needs to stop
1: (laughs) it's happening too often
0: I, I wonder if you if you did the math is a capitalism the villain the majority of the time I bet it's like 50 50 but um, sometimes it's not intentional season 10 I thought was Star Trek I thought money was obsolete until all <laughs> you got weird about ice cream um, <laughs> not my fault playing that on Quentin. <laughs> um yeah i, I am mean, like i said i have a google drive full of ideas for things i think i know what 15 is i don't know about 14 it might be pirates maybe i shouldn't say that out loud but i um, quinn and i got very excited about pirates after watching one piece um and we did you did see captain dolph of the judgment day in
1: this first arc i'll bring so, up uh, uh, yes I'll, I'll crack out the uh the pirate i originally wrote for quinn's uh, online one piece role-playing forum Ooh, that could be
0: exciting. Um, I was thinking about if we did a pirate season, we might do a double DM where one side are pirates and the other side is the navy, like going after them. Mm-hmm. Um not set in stone. No, that was just an idea I had. And then fifteen, I think we're back to space. So uh, that, that's very loose at this point. 14 could be anything. Uh, if we, we had s- something Quinn says in the next dry arc, uh, we, so, we hear us on air start, uh, <laughs> workshopping and world building a little bit. I don't know when that one will peek peak back in, but even in this arc uh, uh, on the pirate ship with captain Dolph, uh, it was mentioned that the, well, there's a sea in Arabella that's like alive and
1: needs to be placated mm-hmm. with like sacrifice. And like,
0: that's where the pirates are going to be that's the pirate season.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh I guess on the topic of that ocean, uh that and stuff that comes up in the later episodes uh has had me rewrite parts of season 13 already. <laughs> uh for the better, I think, and it's made it more interesting.
0: Yeah, that's that's the damn thing sometimes. I've I've absolutely uh had to axe characters and ideas and stuff because uh, someone just tweeted it out <laughs> in another episode, but uh luckily I'm n- I'm never short of ideas. And um yeah, I think I think we're gonna. You're gonna have more pumpkin lore than you know what to do with. I think if if my, if your messages are any indication, you're gonna end up leaving a whole other season's worth of stuff uh, on the table
1: to come back to. You might ne- need to do pumpkin redux. Ab- absolutely, I've realized I'm going to have to cut a lot of uh, plot lines and quests uh, just for time because it'll be a, a double DM season, and that is not not enough to hit every single uh, thing I want to do. Yeah, I mean, like it's still two
0: years away. There's always a conversation we could have. It's like, do we want Pumpkin to be a single DM for the first time ever? Dan, do you want the whole season? And then, oh we, god, you know- that
1: would be so that would be so stressful. that everything's okay. riding only on me
0: yeah I mean it's it's rough you know who knows uh what could happen i that's the thing I said about you know this season it's like Quinn sometimes uh you know you feel overwhelmed by the world and you, you know it's I don't know if it's one week you're gonna be like, Austin, I can't do this anymore and then we never find out what happens to a uh, stranger in Hialeah and Lillian. Um, it's it's going well so far, but that's when you put your your story and your art in someone's hands. When you collaborate like this, that's
1: literally just a risk you run. It's impossible to get around. Yeah, you, know, so. you never know if I'm in the middle of season thirteen, uh, gonna get like a hundred tickets in one day, have an aneurysm and explode. <laughs> Okay, I was thinking that it would be more of like a a New Jersey swamp gas
0: situation than just spontaneous. I'm going to
1: get hit by a European driving by the wrong side of the road in 2026 uh, (laughs) during the World Cup. (laughs) Well, let's
0: hope not. Uh, I don't know where, where I was in this list. I think I said Lumentus. But uh, this is kind of how the thing I'm thinking going is threading uh, the credits through here. Um, we had a lot of fun talking about my bussy in the old <laughs> credit situation. But uh, let me know how you think about this style. i um, open to any suggestions. I think I'm, we're going to wrap up here. Any, any other thoughts you want to get out there? Um, how's your day going, Austin?
1: You do, do you anything new today?
0: I've been editing the thing I recorded with Conrad. I don't know when that's going to come out. Uh, there's there's another podcast of the horizon. I think people might be surprised and delighted by. Um, we're working on like one shots and mini series and stuff. I've been trying to uh, bully is the word that comes to mind. Uh, sketch into doing more shard points and stuff like that. I don't know if those are only between seasons or if we're going to have like a bigger string of them, but I'm trying to get that stuff kind of done. I will say the, one of the biggest things about Double DM seasons is there are twice as many episodes recorded. And so when people need to uh, be very ill <laughs> or go somewhere, uh, we've it's been le- much less of a five-alarm emergency. Uh, you weren't around here in earlier seasons where we recorded and then released like two days later, <laughs> and it was like uh, someone couldn't make it. It was, re- it was very bad for me, <laughs> someone who has promised publicly not to miss an episode release. I realize uh, it's not the end of the world if I did,
1: but at this point, I feel, I feel like it's something to be proud of, and I don't want to ruin it for no reason. Well, let let me ask you this, Austin. Unrelated to everything else, what do I have to do to start getting you to uh, paint miniatures? Well, how do I how do I loop this into your worldview, or how do I break into Spewpunk when you're talking about MTG, so I can talk about the latest uh, 40k Battle Scroll updates? I think getting me to paint miniatures is probably on the level of
0: like getting me to become a golfer or something to take up violin. It's such a, a monumental task. Uh, All right,
1: step one, I'm going to get you to play Blood Bowl.
0: That'll, I think, be the first thing. Oh, man, I have so little free. I haven't played a video game since, what, Lies of P, whenever that came out, and I love video games, and I still haven't had time. To start a whole new art form is unimaginable to me, and I've never been good at, like, uh, you know, art in that sense. I'm a writer, not a not a visual artist, but it's not that I'm against them. I used to build Gundam models.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so same same skill
0: set. Same skill set is involved there. As far as Spewpunk, you are invited anytime. I don't know if uh, we need to sneak you in past Quinn. I don't know if, <laughs>
1: if she's like guarding the door. But as far as I'm concerned, you're, you're invited anytime. Wonderful. I'm sure, at, well, I'm sure you'll probably have me on once uh, Henry Cavill's 40K show comes out. That feels just like a, it, it needs to occur at that point. Yeah, it would be rude to leave you out at that. That would, that would signal something. You'd be like, what did I do? <laughs> do? Do you know the fear I have for that show deep down? it It is terrifying for me. I'm trying to think of an equivalent. I guess it'd be like if they made a like a, a Fire Emblem show or something, and I'd be like, no, they fucked up Hector. This sucks. He would never say that. Because this could go so many ways. It could cover so many things, and it could be so, so bad. And um, I have... I have never seen a fandom hate its parent company more than um, uh, 40k uh, and Warhammer fans Uh, for good reasons. uh, But it is it is truly a cyclical abusive relationship yeah I,
0: I don't know all the ins and outs of games workshop but it doesn't seem like a great situation and i i encourage you uh if you ever want to come on the Spewpunk, I'll, I'll listen i'll just I'll, I'll just ask you questions just like this you know it, i think it's fun to interview people it's been a while since i did it do people know i used to be a journalist <laughs> that was my job for years i was literally what i did and it's been a while
1: but yeah it's it's fun to me so i i hope you enjoyed mm. my questions uh, I did Austin and I, I hope you have a good night I hope you know Bjork keeps doing uh, her little silly rambunctious tasks uh, I hope joa has a good night and I hope uh, Quinn doesn't do anything that makes her a bad girl
0: Bienvenidos. It's Austin again. Hope you enjoyed the pilot episode. Uh, I thought it went pretty well. Seemed fun. Uh, We had some great questions. It's been a while since I interviewed anyone. That was all off the dome. Uh, You could probably tell, but I didn't have any questions written down. I was just kind of doing the thing as it happened to me. I was hoping to get through more of the names as I worked through those questions. Maybe in the future, I'll do multiple names per sponsored question. It's still working out the kinks. We'll see how it happens. But um, I basically ordered this list of names from, you know, highest contribution down. So starting with J- Joseph Timbrello, of course, and I want to finish out the list that I didn't get to uh, when I was hanging out with Dan. So I'm going to do that real quick. We'll see how this works. Uh, Ropun the Gathering, Lost Caverns of Austin's bussy. Right, Just mwah, chef's kiss right off the top. We're back to the bussy ways. That's why. I love you all. Ryu de Costa Silva. A werewolf has enough free time and money to get in one more war game, right? Composting Queen. Arn Frank Ecorin, Rasmus, David Lasers, Kyoko Puffs, Kyoko Puffs, Danny Werner. I'm a responsible adult. Dustin Darkwater, Matt Collier, Brett declares all of February to be bedtime. See you next month. Damn, that does sound good though. Criterion is back again with a wacky name. Here it goes. A banana. Heuristic Badger Tocher Cruz New Year's New Self has successfully enacted biological warfare on the old year's old self. Wow, that's a lot of name. Jess Buckley Generica Someone who knows AJ Lorenz B Bimbo Ocher Persona Bad Hat Ben Chris Sheeb M Skunk ID Downloading new personality for the new year. This year's personality is Templeton the Rat Quin Larios. I know her. Ben Marsden, Joa, 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 don't know her, eventual Eden, Polite Crow, done with this, open the bin, you know there's nuggets, oh my gosh, (laughs) had to take a a moment to appreciate the uh, development in the Polite Crow saga, three owls in a trench coat, possum kingdom refugee, big time burger, now featuring the Wendy McDonald action figure with detachable wings in every kid's meal, too soon. Miles and Danny love Dice Funk forever. Jamie, aka The Warburg. Jen, Bleaker. Matt Lackett wishes everybody a happy new year. Lots of love, self care, and podcasting. Jasper Black Lives Matter, Cyber Lady Z. Ed, Dr. Goatman. Francois V, the sequel to Cujo. Geff the Mongoose, keeping up with the Devil mitt on weekends. Kevin Dobbins, Pumpkin Spice Itself. 69. Ladies Zeke, Morgan Rap, Penal House. 02. The Norwegian pencil case that gets mistaken for a Dane. Can you hear my brain exploding? Podcasting is hard by yourself. There's a reason. I usually have someone else in the call with me. So when I reach the end of my breath, I can uh, lean back in my chair and go, oh my gosh, that was quite a sentence. And then someone else can say, talk about butts or something. And Dress, uh, dress stay Touring. Alolan Chris, K. Wren, M. Gallagher Marathon Training to Season 8, <laughs> good luck, Chainsaws and Unicorns, Pippin, Brother of Mary, Father of Sam, Our Family Has a Certain Naming Hobbit or Habit, If Austin Hasn't Found D&D, What Kind of Cult Do You Think He'd <laughs> Be Running? I'd be, it'd be a nice one, it'd be, it'd be totally harmless, uh, The Shy Biscuit, uh, Cult of Zavala, Jacob Coles, Aubrey Mine Accursed Teets, Riot. Joe Arias, listen to my girlfriend talk about magic lore on the Vorthos cast. Jake Logsdon, Stephen Colin Raiden McCray, an Irish NB who will be extremely glad to see the back of January. Isaac has been too busy working on his bachelors and hitting things to change his name. Eric Ogren actually really enjoys and Austin talks about magic because he plays it too. Amirk, the Amirk on Twitter, creator of Fractal Realms and o- other audiovisual adventures. Juan Nuñez Jimenez. Need another break here. Going to take a big drink of my water. You'll never know because I have edited it out. I'm back after a nice big sip of water. Ira Winter, Andre, if you have Spotify Premium, check out rvrb.1. Amanda from Schmorda. Parentheses insert sex joke here, flood my gullet with the drink cut, code sculptor one, Emmanuel Orlando Matthias, Kirby commands thee to pay Lauren Ragalicious or else back payments from the distant past of season seven. Joe Turner, Jay Sterling, Lime, Gareth Tomlinson is Making Tea, Would You Like Some, Ephemeral Biscuit, Cookie wyvern, and Vin Jost, Gams, Bill Webb walked up to the illithid stand and said to the man running the stand, hey, bum 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 got any brains? Man, my other peach journeys are going to be really confused, God, can you imagine? Fraser McVean, Ben Husky, <laughs> is that a play on my name or is that just a weird coincidence? Kyle, The Cuddly kobold, is almost done his book, wow congratulations mark melkert don't worry you can't pronounce that shout out to my beloved brother anton who's such a kind soul tara is giving money to say hi to all the cats that's see that's why i'm doing this if i just left these ones out bjork wouldn't know and it'd be too sad to contemplate egon finally remember to change his patreon name benedict holland aspiring plague doctor v philip mitchell squid cap the mind goblin goblin mines penguins have no natural predators on land And are not afraid of humans. Can you tell I've come back from another drink? Ann Crean, chat GPT. Uh, Wow, I didn't know that that could do that. Trucker Fucker, I hardly knew her. Mickelvain, spirit of enjoying great cosmonmon commissions at a reasonable rate. Get your own today. I second that. Eric Anderson, is Thallium on Twitch. Duncan, the Space Fighters are now at exhaustion level 3 due to the newest member. Uh Uh-oh. That's the credits for February. (laughs) We did it. We're almost done. We're almost done. Gonna need a bigger sink, never lucky, always sucky, ghost spot master, Aaron rules 380, here in gore, what does the tiger dog say, just a po' boy with a po' family, Justin, Joseph Mortenson, Richard Meredith, Thomas Galvin, Bella the Worm, my current verbal stim is little kisses. Thank you for all you do every week. You're the best and are loved. Steven, you may have to battle Austin's Bussy more than once to win it. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know the rules. Kyle Hill, Nemo, the Milky Way's Kidney Punching Champion, Conduit of Potato Chips, Sekmet, the Wolf Cat Bean Counter, the Peroni, Moomba, Ben Straub, B, Ven, the Dense Pile of Bones, DH, the Strixhaven GM. Game has been a hiatus since the last name change. Oop. Ellie, Ruby Rakatansky, Aaron Sagacity, Dark Wolf, Garth Science, Matthew Griffin, Excalibur, Prospering, Foxgirl, IRL, Stephanie K, whoop, Steffi K, Amberlyn, Fastest Cat in the West. Juan Paco's Witcher RPG is ramping up to an in its inevitable kaiju climax. Ada Lure, Sam Roscoe 101, Titus, Conduit of Wombology, Poston New Year, New Blood, Fountain, Korgsky, Blood Fountain. Woo! Aleros will gladly pay extra for a dry team baby geniuses spewpunk. Maybe someday. I, there, there's great comedic potential untapped there. Chief, Beef, Thief, Daz's Lost, Casserole, Casserole, it's a casserole and an owl. Nicholas, B. MacDonald, Sirs, Bloop, Simon Lee, Conduit of Genghis, Gah. Conduit of Chungus, Bearer of Dinkus, Minion of John Con, The Thing Your Cat Is Staring At in the Corner of the Room, Rain in the Patreon, Demon Totaled a Car, and Came Out Richer. Congratulations. That's cool. Tell me how that works. I would like to do that. Uh, I lost my place because I got so excited about Vehicular profit. Steven Martinez, Master's Demon Hort, Conduit of Misspelled It, but it kind of works, so I'll roll with it forever. If Stranger Casts Bark Skin on Himself... Is that akin to blackface for a treant? Oh my gosh, don't let Dan know about this. He'll have to—he'll come up with an answer, and we'll all feel bad. Hi, I'm Vi. Fuck you, pay me, I say as I hand you five bucks every month for no monetary return from you. Um, I hope it's entertainment return. I do my best. Alistair Lutton, Wishbone is gay, Spaghetto, Dragon Nexus, Blackstone, Morgan Doro, Phoenix, Hill Sterling, a gambling pig says Happy New Year to you and Happy Birthday to me. P.S. Austin's pussy. Lauren, Lomo, and Morgan say give Lomo money at paypal.me slash rugalicious. Lomo's ludes and nudes are very rugalicious. Fair majesty. Empress, Quatillion, Galaxian, Smiles, Blue, Agent, Hedgepickle, Aaron, Norgard, Counterspell, I hardly knew her, Squishy, Fishy, Arabella, hardly knew her, Francis, R. Snow, Modified, Matthew, Runaway, Dracaina, Dice, Funk, Banyan, that's Sarah, I believe, or someone pretending to be Sarah for some plot evil fish people zoltar the viking death metal caterpillar conduit of retribution bones pocket sundial kyle skunk fruct skunk fruct (coughs) mice king mike antonio conduit of snacks kale tolls for the pie a rob yurg sierra Saldania, prophet of rn jesus i'm not a robot beep boop, boop beep kaniku fan callum wishing warm snuggles and cozy cuddles for anyone who desires them turner mahogany Jay's Wizard, the Wizard of Jay. Chris and Kipper the Cat are cold, but the soup is plentiful, the bread is warm. Chris Walling, a vaccinated otter, hoping to see its otter friends. A good Brent, B Ray Echo, Femboy Connoisseur. You might be in her DMs, but Quinn is in mine, screaming at me. We are not the same. <laughs> Kate Escape, Midlife Stasis, Conduit of Inevitability, SpaghettiO Moment, welcome to Halloween 2, Dinner with Friends. It's time to d d d d Mikel Minkler wishes everyone a happy discount chocolate day, Joe Hinchcliffe, Spookmaster General, Mega Fan Number One, Tim Lutton, Andy Harkins, Donning Frost, Medical Dingus, S. Kearney, Sus Squirrel, Keller Automat, Cass, formerly known, known as Emma, Syretha Rises from the Grave of Unemployment to be a phantasmal patron once again, Julian was expecting Hylia to be more Ratchet, like Ratchet and Clank or like, Ratchet, like the. Never mind. <laughs> My audience doesn't. Wouldn't use the term like that. Mix organic, make come not war. Wow, walked right into that one. Lauren Kate's conduit of bonding with his kids by playing Minecraft. Congratulations. Counterfeit. Rob dakin Sean Lyons Burke is back in the credits this time with a husband. Also congratulations. God King Wolf from uncontrollably guzzling Pepsi. Hassler the Cabot, Garrett K, the precursor killer Cotton Shizno Yam, Anna conduit of procrastination, Daniel Marsden, Victoria Melito, conduit of quietness, Majin social distance warrior Dora Esta Gargatorum, Eleanor recommends Onimai. I'm now your sister, man Jack, Salad Child, El- elderly goose feeling old in 2024, Ju Ergen, indie monster Vinevik. Fa'ard wishes you all have a happy new year and hopes his new job works out. I think i are trying to help with the pronunciation there. Sorry about that. Aki Savonleinen, Florian H., Amuleto Della Oso, Matt Burgles, Shyness, the Demi formerly known as Josh, Ziphasaurus, Indigo Van Dane, Jess Neely, Toby Gleason Stack, Michael Air, Ariel Badger Release, Dash on the Rage Monster, Harrison Andrew, Luki Ookie Jade, The Cold of Gorfanax, Dylan Irillin, The Dog Relaxing with Board Games, and Christopher Charlow. Wow, that was a lot of names. So if you've checked the Patreon recently, you'll see that we are mixing up the tiers. Mixing up is not the word I want to use. Updating. That <laughs> makes it sound more random. Like, oh they're everywhere. Who knows what they are gonna be? Um, so this list will probably change. Like I said, um we're trying some things. So in the next couple of months, keep an eye out, see if you which one you wanna be at um right now as of this writing i have a the highest one which is you get to make a character for the show we'll see how that one works out i don't know if i'm going to get a bunch of uh, submissions that are like i want to be uh, poop fart <laughs> the goblin or something uh so uh, hopefully there you know people really want that and we're going to make uh, a, a good faith effort um there's also you know the shout out pledge like you heard i'm going to try to get this into the main show with some experimentation, but I just read uh, 200 names back to back to back to back back, and I'm gonna go lay down. My head hurts. I love you. Good night.